Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 271. And away we go. up everyone it is me your favorite actor the hollywood assassin mark swan taking over for michael j putty and i have a guest much better than putty much better than green man screw those guys kevin wood what's up man hey man how's it going dude fuck dude, those guys fuck those uh, guys no no just kidding just kidding love you guys you hey. know i haven't met you guys yet hey enough for nothing i mean they called me out last week right Apparently, I had this bet going on with Putty about Zelina Vega winning the the Queen's crown. He played it back, but he edited out a certain part there where I said that the whole scenario had to happen, right, for Zelina Vega to beat Dewdrop to win the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And he thought I was going to say, no, it's Shayna Blazer's going to win the tournament. No, no, no. I, I, I only bet about that part. And guess what? He didn't. He didn't accept it. He's like, "Oh no, no, no! We're not doing it by that." Then we just moved on. So therefore, an agreement was never made. It, yeah, no, it is non-binding. It is non-binding. Two parties have to agree. There is no agreement. There is no handshake. There is no handshake. Yeah, yeah. This is like March of 2020 when I said to my friend, "I was like, oh, I bet we'll we'll probably have to stay home longer than two weeks." And I was like, oh, I probably should have bet some money on that because my friend was like, oh, no, 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 we'll be back in the office in two weeks. It's, it's been 20, it's been almost two years later and, uh, and we're still not in the office. <laughs> See, now, if, if we shook on it, granted, Putty was right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I am saying on the air right now, Putty was right. Good for him. Did not see that happening. If we shook on it, if it was an official bet, I would have gladly paid him. And mind you, that was not the reason why I missed the show last week. I am an incredibly busy man. I am an actor. Mm-hmm. I am a wrestling manager. And I also have my own business called Local Media, which has been picking up. So yeah. I am a busy man. I could, not, I could not do that. I couldn't do the show that week. I told Putty, I didn't even watch wrestling at all that week. So what, what, good, have I, what good have I been on a wrestling show, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Although that last week was an was a an interesting week to 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 miss wrestling. Like you, you missed some good, some bad, some. It's weirdly notable. It's a weirdly notable time in wrestling in general right now. It is. It's a weird time, but yeah, I missed a big week though. It was it was, it was Crown Jewel, you know, which mm-hmm. I'm finally caught up, caught up on uh, on all of that. What I missed, but yeah, I mean, dude, it was a big big pay per view, probably the biggest Crown Jewel. Uh, in its short-term history. Are they all called Crown Jewel? Like, I remember the first one, I remember watching, the first one was the Greatest Royal Rumble, and I actually, like, liked that show. And now I, I can't remember. I know they've had a bunch of Crown Jewels. And they've I, they've, they they've all... had a few. Yeah, I think they've all been Crown Jewel. There have been a handful a handful yeah. of those. But there's all, They've also been generally awful, and I, I didn't watch that show from beginning to end. I sort of skimmed through it, but more I can tell, like it's a good show, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, it, not not for nothing. It's it's a show. It did well. It was their best one. Uh, they advertise it really well. I I just I just wanted to like you know just air it all out here, you know. And I, I wanted you to be a witness for it. Like you agree with me that that's not that's not a binding. No, back. no, no. You need you need to have like uh like terms. You need to have basically if it's on the air, I feel like you need both people to be like, I agree to this. I agree. Like and if you and I were to bet like, oh, like at Survivor series, they're gonna do another awful Raw versus SmackDown thing again. And somebody else is like, no, they're not. You we would need to be like, 
I agree to this. And then all the listeners at home would be like, oh my God. And then people would be on Reddit and then they'd be arguing like, like wrestling fans do for everything. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> well, getting to what wrestling fans are talking about, let's switch gears here. Let's go mm-hmm. into our topic of what's trending. All right. So Bray Wyatt has been all over the place on social media, especially when he put out his cryptic tweet about two more days earlier in the week. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that, but I did. Ru- I did. Wrestling World CC at Wrestling WCC with a picture of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is officially freed from his 90 day non compete clause October 29th, 2021. Bray Wyatt, he's a free agent. He also got rid of all WWE mentions. He's going by his real name. Also, as reported here by Russell Pierce at Russell Pierce, Bray Wyatt has been in Los Angeles of late fielding inquiries regarding Hollywood projects. Yeah. How about that? So there's yeah. been a lot, there's been a lot of reports going on. According to Draven at Wrestling Covers, Bray Wyatt will be officially free tomorrow. Tony Khan may have one last big surprise pop before this year is over. AEW full yeah. gear. So a lot of speculation about where Bray Wyatt is going to go. A lot of people just assume he's going to be in AEW. But, you know, I find it very interesting that Hollywood is calling his door. Uh, I mean, it makes sense when you when you think about it, especially when you consider that, like, however, the, the Firefly Funhouse segments came together like that shit, at least at the beginning, was brilliant and uh completely like the definition of like outside the box and so i mean it would not shock me if there are people that are in hollywood that are just like oh yeah i'm like a fan of his i've shown uh friends of mine some of his segments that that have no interest in wrestling whatsoever and they were just like what (laughs) same with my wife yeah yeah it's it's stuff that's like interesting you know i i remember i was showing my girlfriend like one of the ones with the puppets and she's like what like what the fuck and then like there's another i think it was he did like a like a like a rap or like a song or something in it (laughs) yes um, the um oh god oh the muscle man muscle man there it is and and like part of you is like what what are you watching the other part is like you just can't turn away from it like that's what's so interesting about him uh, especially oh, at WrestleMania dude. when when he had that match with uh, John Cena, the Firefly oh Funhouse God. match. Yeah, it was so good. It was it, so, and it was so weird just, and out there, but yeah, it worked. And, and that that's the part about that's kind of interesting because this is a guy who essentially his entire wrestling career has like existed in WWE, right? And you know he comes in. Uh, I think he was like. He's one of those guys that was in FCW like forever and ever. And, you know, was, uh, what was it? Husky Harris. And yeah. NXT, Husky Harris. Like he, he was like a product of the, of the WWE developmental system that left a lot to be desired from like 2007 to 2012 pre NXT is very much a product of that. And then became very much a product of like he like he was literally like the first wave of the of the NXT people specifically like him being the Bray Wyatt character and the Bray Wyatt character going from NXT to WWE might be like the first time they ever did that so he was like a part of that and then that character whatever happened with it he did like a 180 on it and it was amazing and the idea that like he clearly he clearly had some artistic input in. Oh, he definitely like the did. Firefly Funhouse character, and I, it, it whatever he does, I am fascinated to see what it is. I'm fascinated to see what someone like. That... Do you buy? By the way, sorry to cut you off, but do you do you buy the whole thing? There were reports that you know it, it came out about him being overly protective of his character. Uh, well, he should be. Well, okay, so that's but he should be. Thing. But it, it's interesting with the fact that like how many times did he lose when he should have won? Oh, and it's not even just that he he lost. It's the way that he lost. The the idea of him being overly protective of his character is an interesting thing to to critique him on because from like the original iteration of Bray Wyatt, like I feel like there was no protection of that character whatsoever. No, and, and then the, the fiend, I feel like there was like hardly any protection either. There was like some, but like 
there were, mm. I think there was more than when he was like uh like swamp hillbilly Bray Wyatt. You know, by like 2015, 2016, he was like it was like every time that like it felt like he had like a moment, then he would like lose. And he would lose in there's nothing wrong in wrestling with losing, but it's like it felt like he was losing in ways that had no meaning, had no purpose. Didn't make sense. Yes. Like when we watched it together, like at WrestleMania 33 when he lost to Randy Orton. And I remember saying to you, like, of course Bray Wyatt's gonna win. Randy Orton doesn't need it. And it was just like, wait, what? Randy Orton. And that was even won? before that was even before he was the feed. When that yeah, happened. No, no, no. And so I just find it a, a strange critique to be like he's overly protective of his character when he was like the least A, he was like the least protected character for a long time. Right. And B, like they even specifically as like the fiend, like they kind of set him up to fail. They really did. And know? it's crazy because I really feel like this dude was like the second coming of the undertaker mm-hmm. or Jake, the snake Roberts. Someone, it was a combination of the two or in the sense that he's so, he's so creative at what he does. He's, I, I feel like he's a genius creatively. Yeah. And then the other part of it is just the ring psychology. Yeah. Like he, I, he masters was- both of them. I was gonna say like uh, Undertaker, Jake Roberts, and I would I would also say Mick Foley. I think right. he is like the perfect combination of almost like the best parts of those three guys. And the fact that they couldn't figure out anything to do with him, the the discussion of like WWE not knowing what to do with his talent with, with its talent is almost like a played out conversation at this point. But it's true, and and he was also like he, the, he was like, a merchandise pr- uh, pusher too. Forget about like. You know the art of wrestling, but like talking about yeah. business wise, like he was, he had that that championship belt, the custom championship belt, which cost a crazy amount of money, but it was it was actually moving the I mask, was, that, the all the shirts. Yeah, like I was shocked that that alone was what shocked me when he got released because I was just like, shouldn't this guy like make up for it? Like how many of those fucking masks are getting sold? Right, absolutely. How much of, of his like merchandise? Like there you can't tell me that like someone like him was not like moving serious amounts of merchandise. And you know what sucks is I I really enjoyed the fiend. I really did. Even yeah. though like it, with all the ups and downs of the creative uh with the decisions of what to do with him, you know, he still found a way to make it work and to evolve the yes. character, which I love. We're probably not going to see that character anymore. Like, nope. it's probably not going to happen if he goes to AEW or Impact, or maybe he doesn't go back to wrestling. You know, he, he could go to Hollywood, uh, you know, as an actor, or maybe even as a writer, you know, part of a creative it, team. Uh, Who yeah, knows? It's possible. Because the dude is that talented. But as sad as I am that we're probably not we're never going to see that character again, I'm hopeful with it, at least the fact that he's so creative that he'll come up with other things. Yeah, and that's that's the part of it that's that's kind of interesting to see what what he would do without a WWE leash on him because it felt like such a strange like when the when the Firefly Funhouse first started, uh, that was summer 2019 was not exactly like the hottest period in it, uh, to be a fan of of wrestling. No, and, no, it got, it got very stale. I, I remember going off oh on a rant God. about it. That was that was the days of yore of like Baron Corbin in the main event. Yeah, fuck Baron Corbin. See, Putty it, would it disagree just, with you. Putty would Putty is actually a Baron Corbin fan. Oh, don't even get me started. Here. I, don't, oh, I don't know either. God, and uh, <laughs> it felt like WWE after WrestleMania 35 was just this like strange, stale, lifeless fucking product. And then meanwhile, you have this goddamn diamond in the rough of this guy with these puppets and this weird like peewee's playhouse type of thing and when i first saw it i was just like wait like like the idea of of bray white using puppets and stuff like that i was completely dismissive of and then you see it and you're just like this is the greatest fucking thing i've ever seen oh my god and the, the, uh, the dude just finds a way to make it work Yes, and it was such like a jarring thing to see it, and it was just like, how is this on w- How is this Adult Swim television segment <laughs> on WWE television? And it's going to be fascinating to see what he does next. I'm sure it will be something wrestling related. I just don't know 
A, he's going to have to reinvent himself again because if you're him, you do not want to do the thing that's classic in wrestling where you do like the adjacent version of, of a character, you know, like when people would go to WCW and you would have like seven. I, I don't exactly, which is just like it's like a wink to the crowd. It's like we're doing this, but we're doing we're we're doing it in a way that's not gonna we're not gonna get sued. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to him. I also don't know like does AEW need any more talent? <laughs> uh, there was a thing I saw today that like Kashko uh, Okada from New Japan is gonna be in the United States for a few weeks, and I was just like, oh my god, here we go, another another guy, another guy for AEW. So it's just. I don't know, and I and I don't know if he'll necessarily go to AEW either. I, but I also don't know if AEW needs anyone. Well, here's, uh, here's the thing. Oh, okay. This segment's going actually going a little long here, and more yeah. longer than I anticipated. But it's a good conversation. I'm actually, scrapping my second segment right now because of the fact that you bring this up about AEW having too much talent. But you know, they're utilizing it way better than what WWE has. You know, WWE oh, yeah. has three, four shows. If you count NXT UK, they have what total of. All right, you're talking about just about if we get rid of NXT UK, you have three hours on Raw, two hours NXT, and then two hours of SmackDown. So you have nine hours of TV time throughout the week on one show, and yet they're not utilizing their roster, their full roster to yeah. its capacity. AEW has less time, and they mean they somehow figure it out. Yeah, no, that's true, and we've actually like talked about this, and and. I feel like you have like the definitive take on this, which is like, I, I think I've literally texted you and been like, man, like, I don't know, like AEW, they already got, got like a lot of talent. And you're like, dude, talent, talent is talent. Like there, I literally have like a text in my phone from you on this subject about it was either Bray Wyatt or Braun. I'm pretty sure it was Bray. And it's just, yeah, it's talent is talent. And like, I'm sure they could figure it out. There's, so many things the obvious one would be like him doing something with the dark order or whatever you know maybe they find some 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 other place to, to put him that we wouldn't expect because that's if you have an opportunity to get top talent you're not going to turn it down just because like oh well i'm already set like you know put it put, put it in terms of fantasy football ppr league i'm in three wide receiver spots open right already had mike evans ad brown and cd lamb hmm. had an opportunity to trade for terry mclaurin guess what i took it and guess yeah. what? I was, I was able to package up for more talent. And I got Tony in, in a free agency from the Giants. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of spots here. I'm not going to turn it down. And guess what? I have a, I have a pretty good squad here. And I'm then, happy with Yeah, it. I guess that's true. And also, I think that, like, for AEW, if you were to get him, you wouldn't necessarily need to, like, push him to the top right away. Almost like you could you could get him and kind of keep him on, like a like, a back burner. Not permanently, but, like, for a little while, while you, you know, I, like who knows? Who they knows? keep they, the thing would... is the thing is with AEW is they keep it fresh. They they yes. like you don't get stale of 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 these matchups that you see over and over again. Like WWE, you see like the same like six man tag matches or the same lineups over and over and over again with like hardly any new type of matchups. I just saw something yeah. today. Triple H and Rey Mysterio never ever had a one on one match. How is wow. that possible? Yeah. Wow, no, that's it, that's really interesting, uh, right? Because they couldn't find a way to mix it up. Even going back to that far, they couldn't find a way to mix it up. They just did the same shit over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, and that's what WWE falls into a trap of. And meanwhile, AEW finds a way to switch it up all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see what what, what happens with him. I don't even want to speculate or anything like that because whatever me or you or other people can speculate on isn't going to even remotely match. It'll probably be based on something that he's done before and it won't even remotely match what he winds up doing or what he's capable of doing. Who knows, man? I know there's speculation that he'll lead the Dark Order. Here's the thing. I think if you're thinking what makes sense in your head, it's probably not going to happen. Exactly, because he, he he is just so out there creatively, and I'm not saying that in a bad way because it, it just works. It's it's a gift. He's got a mm -hmm. true gift. So looking forward to that. See what happens with Bray Wyatt next in his career. But moving on, Kevin, some other big news happened. Ring of Honor was all over the place. ROH Wrestling at Ring of Honor posted a statement. I'll read it for you. Throughout the pandemic, our top priority was keep everyone healthy and safe. 
And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. This year will culminate with a final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 22 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. Sad day for ROH, man. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com at Sean Ross Sapp. Based on who I've spoken with, ROH releases are effective at the end of the year. If a contract goes beyond that, they are paid until March 31st. ROH talent has told to contact Greg Gilliland if they want to work elsewhere. And if they're under a deal, they'll work on making that happen. So it sounds like a class act move there. It is. It's incredibly sad. I was thinking about it today, and it's like some people have said that ROH is like was like the successor of ECW or whatever. ROH was essentially like the continuation of it. Like a lot of the people, other than like Paul Heyman, uh, a lot of the people that worked behind the scenes directly in ECW essentially went straight to Ring of Honor. They have had a huge influence in the industry over the last 20 years, you know, whether it be like in WWE with guys from Punk to Brian to Samoa Joe to uh, Seth Rollins, which is a weird one to always think about that Seth Rollins was a Ring of Honor guy because he feels like such a WWE guy. You know, that or the fact that like AEW essentially exists because of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was where the the Young Bucks, I mean, New Japan too, but like the partnership between New Japan and Ring of Honor essentially like like brought the bullet club to to america and allowed that to become like a huge thing well here's the thing with roh though i mean you can never deny their talent and what they've done for wrestling you know as uh the real snowden says on twitter at je snowden they won't get the credit for it because they weren't covered in dirt sheets as heavily as other companies were but ring of honor created modern in-ring wrestling which is true which brings up to your point i mean you just listed a whole bunch of names and you left off some at the same time you know roh provided a lot for what we know today of the sport of wrestling yeah and they don't yeah. they really don't get enough credit for it un- until this past week when the news is that they're shutting down because they still have some top tier talent on, out there that's not signed the, th- the thing is ring of honor their in-ring work has never been questioned it's yeah. the business stuff that they never really capitalized on they never had you know, that top tier budget, they never had uh, the right sponsors, they never had the right TV deal, they, they couldn't get that going for whatever reason. Yeah, they were uh, the equivalent in, uh, in baseball, they were like what the Oakland A's are to baseball, where they are just, mm. yeah, they're like the, or the, I guess the Tampa Bay Rays are sort of like this too, where they're just like the lesser funded, smaller market enterprise that is revolutionary and great and everything but in in baseball you know like the a's have always kind of almost been like a feeder team for like the red sox and the yankees and then in wrestling obviously like roh has been like a feeder for wwe essentially tna a little bit too but like mostly wwe impact has always found a way to survive somehow some way um i think it's because of the fact that they are different especially now like they're, they're probably the most they take the most chances. They, they, they're most creative, I think, out there right now. Ring of Honor has just been consistently good in-ring product-wise for years. Yeah. For years. Well, and that's one of the things that's kind of interesting coming out of this was that my first two questions were, I guess the three, the, 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 the number one for their sake is just like, is Ring of Honor ever going to come back? Because you hear that, like, we're going on hiatus. You know who else went on hiatus? WCW. We never got that that WWE-sponsored WCW show. Never had a WWE-sponsored anything for WCW. What I right? find interesting, though, is what they said at the end here, that they, that they were looking to come back in April 2022 with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. What would that even mean? Yeah. 
that just that I'm sorry that just sounds that sounds like like buzzwords to me and they're leaving the door open in case they do come back it is buzzwords case. right that's what I was thinking too sadly it's totally but because my my real two questions when I saw this news a is what's going to happen to their talent because yeah they have a fucking they have some they have some real motherfuckers on that roster I was going to say uh, man like bcw is already just talking about one in particular coming for queen of the north i'm not going to mention any names but it's indies i think the indies win the most right now because mm -hmm. you know there's some out there that like you know could probably easily go to impact or AEW. i don't necessarily know about wwe with some of these guys girls i I don't necessarily know if like wwe wants to go that route considering a statement they made recently that they don't want indie talent and i think Mm -hmm. they view roh as more like indie level Mm-hmm. But the indies in general, I think they win because you know they, they have opportunities. They're they're, they're full blown going right now, and you know, look at Matt Cardona. I mean, like he he's before he went to Impact. I mean, he was just making really a really big name for himself on in the indies again. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's like one of the great examples of somebody actually like going out and reinventing themselves and not just needing to go on another show and try to live off of like the name which I think happens a lot with wrestlers right. is once you've been on WWE, you sort of go to another show and you live off of like, I'm like the ex WWE guy. But I guess for, for ring of honor, it was just like, I was just, my immediate question was like, where does all that talent go? A and B is what happens with the tape library? Because Ooh. that's, that's potentially a valuable thing. And I also saw something, it's a little confusing that the tape of that the tape library was like available, but apparently it's the tape library from 2012 to, to now. And I was like, that they have like a whole 10 years before that with CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe. I, and- I think that, that's probably the more intriguing question because talent-wise, I, I think they're all going to be okay. I, I yes. think this, I know WWE, I'm pretty sure they have their doors shut to that. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of wrestling promotions now out there that they'll be okay. As far as the library goes, I mean, that that's a great question. What happens? Who's going to buy that up? Someone's going to buy that up. I mean, I guess the logical the logical one will always be WWE. Right. Uh, but apparently that that library, it's I saw something that like it, it, it didn't just go on sale recently. Apparently they've been shopping the library for a little while. That's so got to be worth WWE? that's got to be worth more than all the talent combined. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Somebody once told me a thing that like in all of these like sports and media companies, their most valuable asset is their their archive, their tape library. Totally. It doesn't matter if it's MLB or Warner Brothers or whoever. Like they're what they invest all a, a lot of their money in is these like archives and these tape libraries. And I'm just curious with Ring of Honor, is it like WWE gonna gonna pick it up and then we'll just be able to watch Ring of Honor on the network. That would be kind of cool. Did they just pick it up just to just to have? Just to have. I mean, they've done and it before. They, yeah, they, right. All right, everybody. If you're ready and willing, and I'm able, aka the Green Man, oh, here for another exciting edition of Shot of uh, Wrestling interviews. If you haven't done so already, uh, make sure you connect with us on all forms of social media, which is Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, or email us at inbox at shotofwrestling.com. We say this time and time again that wrestling brings us together, and today, today is no. I think now is when you test that we out, are joined Tony. by one what? of the rising stars oh, in the independent wrestling scene, Jaden Vallow. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, baby. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we were just recently at Outlaw, the return show at the Queen's Brewery, and you literally were one of the highlights in our host <laughs> and myself's show that night because you killed it man great thank job thank you so much thank you so much it was a fun night <laughs> uh michael j putty was actually mentioning when you guys were coming out because you were going against rich swan oh yeah he was boating on how he was the number 10 wrestler on the pwi list who is this Jaden Vallow? it took <laughs> seconds bro seconds for him to know exactly who you were and how strong of the competition you were going to bring to rich swan that night 
That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I love working with Rich. He's he's a hell of a guy. Great opportunity to get to work with him in the ring, especially for the first show back for Outlaw. Just a great night. Just a great night. Uh, okay, you you faced you. Rich Swan before, right? Yes, one time in a triple threat at NYWC. So what was the difference in preparing for that match compared to that one-on-one bout? It was a little different. I had the third man, obviously. And not only was it a three-way, it was elimination. So... Yeah, I had to make it through the first person before, you know, I could hopefully win the match. So it was a little better to kind of go in this time, knowing it's just rich, knowing what to prepare for. I watched a lot of tape going into it, and um, I felt more prepared, I think. When you're, you're a young guy with so much promise, uh, what got you into this sport? Just watching it when I was young and then kicking the crap out of my friends in my backyard. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. Those were the two steps. Once I saw it uh, on TV, I saw SmackDown first, and I was just kind of instantly hooked. Wow. Is there anybody that you admire growing up that made you believe that, yo, I could do this? My my first uh, wrestler that I really took a liking to was Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and he was never really the biggest, but he was still kind of like mid-card, top of the card a lot of the time, especially toward like the middle, uh, later part of his career. Mm-hmm. So he kind of definitely gave me a little hope to kind of just go for it, because it kind of seemed like anyone could do it if he could. What was the reaction of your close friends and family when you said, this is what I want to do? They were like, oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> go, <laughs> go for it, man. <laughs> um, but what's your backup plan? <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty much the reaction, the general reaction I get from everybody. Bro, is there a backup plan? I do have an associate's degree from Nassau Community. Okay. Uh, I got it, got it in liberal, liberal arts last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Congratulations. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Not too, not too difficult. Um but now I'm just kind of taking a step back from that to focus on wrestling. And in a few years down the line, then I'll kind of see where I'm going to go from, from there with a, with a degree and a career maybe outside of this. You, were you uh, book smarts growing up or more like a street smarts kind of guy? <laughs> I, w- I would do well on tests. I would just hate school so much. Like I, I would be bored the whole time. I would want to get out of there, want to go home, not want to be there. It's just it was not my vibe. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Now, like I said, you're young in the business because you started training at 15, you mentioned. Yes, sir. Um, and now, if you don't mind sharing your age, where, how old are you now? Yeah, I'm 20 years old now. So within five years, how has it been essentially growing up <laughs> in the business? Um, it's cool. I, it really is uh, like a, like a family to me because when I started out, I was like everyone's kind of little brother. Like no one really... Not that they didn't take me seriously, but they kind of looked at me like they could play around with me, have fun. And like <laughs> I was I was, you know, like one of their one of their brothers. Uh, and from there, as I kind of grew up, they started taking me more seriously and giving me more things to do. And once I got a chance to prove myself, it really like put me into this like this niche community, this family. And it really has been special to me. I feel like I've made so many connections and, and lasting uh, relationships that I'm going to have for so long. So in this uh, this family, whose mom, whose dad, whose brother and sister, crazy aunt and uncle, who are these people? <laughs> um, when I first started, it was definitely Willow Nightingale was my mom, my wrestle mom. I love her. Uh, yeah, she would take me around everywhere and just kind of like show me the ropes. And I think wrestle dad would be probably Bull James. He was probably one of my most influential trainers and definitely someone who got me out to more companies and like gave me a broader spectrum to work with. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about your character, your de- the development of who Jade and Valo is. Um, yes, sir. How did it start? Do you know? Do you know exactly what type of wrestler you wanted to be when you started training? I definitely wanted to be more of like a like a flashy kind of high flyer type, just because that's kind of what I took an interest to when I was young. But I, I definitely had to learn the technical stuff first. So I think that gave me the basis to kind of grow from 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 that from my beginning. There's an excitement immediately when the curtain flies right open and you jump Ooh. right out. There's this excitement that you carry <laughs> with you. Is oh, yeah. that always there? Is that who you are in your in your real life? It's so weird, you know. Sometimes, yes, uh, if I'm hanging out with friends. But, like, if I'm at work or I'm just with my family and I'm just hanging out, I am so – I don't want to say introverted, but I'm so much more quiet and, and not, like, screaming over everybody mm. and running around. It's completely different. I don't know where it comes from, but it just kind of – kind of comes forward whenever i come through the curtain <laughs> yeah uh, it's awesome then take me through the evolution of your character because there's also been different images if you know like if we were to snap a picture of you at 
15, 16, you would right, see right. one version of you to yeah, where absolutely. it is now. Right. Walk me through that evolution. So the my first match I ever had, I wore jeans and uh, a singlet, and I tied pink bandanas around my arms, mm. and I looked like an absolute yarder. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I had like no idea of what gear I wanted. I had no real idea for a character. Um, my first match out there I was probably like six or seven months in. Um, so that was the starting point. And then from there, uh, my trainer at the time, Stockade, he said, uh, like, what do you like? What are your interests? Because just being this uh, weird looking gene boy isn't really working out. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the only thing that came to mind, I was into like Nerf guns at the time and like customizing them. Oh shit, that's and, cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's that's cool for cool. like a 12 year old or something. But, uh, I, I was really into like the steampunk kind of imagery. So it's like a lot of gears and it's a lot of steam whistles mm -hmm. and pipes and stuff. And that's kind of the first design that I went with for my gear. Uh, and kind of the first, I don't, I don't even really want to call it a character cause I didn't really cut many promos i didn't really explain like who i was mm -hmm. but that's kind of that was my first real like personality i guess okay. i had some sort of a look it was basically a ripoff of becky lynch i realized right after i got the tights <laughs> um <laughs> but you're like get... brother and sister yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but um after a while i just kind of got like tired of not knowing who i was or or what i was doing or you know like what the gimmick had to do with who i was or who the people watching um wanted to relate to so i kind of just turned myself into me you know like i kind of dropped the cool looking gears and stuff mm -hmm. and i just kind of came with like a my first tights were bright pink so it's not really plain but <laughs> bright pink uh like no real designs just my name and maybe a couple shapes and that was it and it was kind of just this is me, here I am, I'm Jaden Vallow, take it or leave it. And from there, I think that's kind of how I've progressed forward. I think that's kind of the character I've been running with. Now, I don't know if it's um, maybe because of your age, but you grab the concept of like social media and marketing yourself better than a lot of the older wrestlers out there. Because <laughs> you I, think so? Yeah, because I, I think from the moment I met you, you had this package of, of wristbands. Oh, yeah. Um, so I understood like, all right, pink is his color. I got his name. Like, let me look right, this guy right, up. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know, this last time I saw you, you were handing out business cards with all yeah, your social absolutely. media handles. Absolutely. And I'm like, you know, if I'm a new wrestling fan coming to an independent show and I don't know who this person is, the way you're marketing yourself and making it so easy for the audience to just grab a hold of something tangible right. and go right. home with it and then be like, let me look this guy up. You make that right. very easy. Thank you. I think that's what's so cool about these independent shows, because I feel like sometimes you go to a stadium and you're like so far away from the wrestlers or you don't get to see them or you, you feel like it's just like a whole nother world or like not even like you're not a part of it almost. But when mm -hmm. you come to an indie show, it's completely different. It's so it's another world. You know, the people that are setting up the ring are the ones that are in the show that are the same ones that are at the merch table, like talking to you right after the show. Mm -hmm. It's it's really just a different atmosphere. Do you remember what your first independent show was? Yes, I do. Uh, my first one was Create a Pro. Okay. I think they had just opened their school like a year or two before, maybe, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. um, and it was right where I was trying to like figure out what school I wanted to train at. Okay. So uh, I went to Create a Pro, saw their first show. Um, had a good time. It was just a little small, which, you know, they can't do much about. It's the building. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I like had this craving for more. So I think when I left, there might've even been an NYWC flyer on my, on my windshield or there might've been, uh, my dad might've gotten one one day. I think he said he had one at work, whatever it was. Some, somehow NYWC came up and they had a show coming around and, uh, that was my second one. And after that, I really started diving into like, which school I wanted to go into and really looking into it. What made the decision for you to say NYWC? Cause that's one of the things, you know, a lot of the vets in the business is, you know, get yourself a good trainer, get yourself into right. a good school. They say, right. Um, and we're blessed in the Northeast to have a good amount to choose from. Definitely. So what made you choose NYWC? Uh, there were two, it was NYWC and create a pro. Those were the two schools that were closest to me. Okay. Really what made me decide was just seeing how many people had come from NYWC at mm -hmm. the time, how many contracts had, had 
been given to people that have come from that school. Um, and obviously they've been around a little bit longer because Creative Pro had come from Brian Myers after he um, after he came out of NYWC. So I figured I should sign up probably for the place that's making all these people, getting all these people jobs and creating even more schools. That's probably the best place to go. Especially in today's day and age, you look at the talent from NYWC and you see where they've made it. And now Creative Pro is also getting a lot of their talent yeah. into AEW too. Absolutely. So it's like this area of Long Island is such rich with talent. And um, It's awesome. And I'm sure that there had to have been a lot of sacrifices along the way, you know, because at 18, for example... I was, yes, sir. I was not putting in the time in a wrestling ring. I was not <laughs> creating a business, marketing myself. You know, right. I was going on dates or you <laughs> know, going to parties or, sure, you sure. know, whatever it is. So what are some of those things that along the way you've sacrificed for wrestling? Let's say, let's say um, on my, oh, this is a fun story on my, um, I just graduated from high school. So mm-hmm. I was 18, 19. And my mom decided to throw me a graduation party with all my family. Nice. It's a nice little thing. Yeah, exactly. So they, she invited everyone down. I think maybe eight out of ten of my family members that could have come came. It was great. I got to see everyone. But almost immediately as I got to the party after work, uh, I got a call from my trainer, Bull. Mm-hmm. And he told me, hey, um, are you free right now? And I, you know. I reluctantly said yes, because, you know, what do you say to your trainer for for wrestling? <laughs> um, uh, I said, yes, sure. And he's like, well, if I were you, I'd get to the Hammerstein Ballroom because Ring of Honor needs an extra. Shit. So at, <laughs> at, at that, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> well, that's not what I said. I said, okay, I'll be right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I hung up and, like, immediately said goodbye to every member of my family that had just come to see me and celebrate my graduation like some from out of state some from there there was one that came from california i felt like shit but um it was fun it was awesome because i got to go i got to actually yeah no i mean that's one of the things you had to sacrifice right but you look at the other side i got to go into the hammerstein ballroom i got to uh make connections in ring of honor with people that i had never met before and i got to work um I'll call it a dark match. It was a segment with Maria Manic. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my buddy Michael that I trained with at NYWC, uh, we went out and we wrestled for like maybe 10 seconds before the lights went out and Maria Manic came and like destroyed us both. It was awesome. It was great. Wow. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was an amazing time. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like you say sacrifices and while missing out on my graduation party was upsetting and like not the best case mm-hmm. scenario. Looking at what came from it and what I got out of it, it really doesn't seem like I'm sacrificing too much, which I think is something interesting about wrestling. And that's what makes it so exciting, man. Yeah. You know, like when you have such a big reward on the other end and those life experiences really pay off, you're just like, you know, sign me up for the next one. Exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I'm sure as your trainer to, you know, go down the list of, you know, the people he could call. Right, you know, exactly. for you to be on that list, you don't want to say no. So, like you exactly. said, you reluctantly said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm available." <laughs> but it's like, how could you say no to this, yeah, this guy? Yeah, once he once he tells me what's going on, I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I'll be there in a second. Like, <laughs> you know, exactly. You want to be the one that that he could rely on, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, you're you're obviously a fan. Um, yeah. You mentioned Jeff Hardy was one of your influences growing up. What do you oh, yeah. think of the business today? Or do you still keep up with the product? I do. I've been trying to get more into indies. Uh, I just okay. recently signed up for IWTV, which is like the greatest thing I've ever done. Cool. Um, yeah, there's just so much content that I love watching. And um, what it, what are some of the things that you've recently seen that you would, if there was someone who's listening who's new to the independent wrestling scene right. and wanted to sign up to IWTV, and what would you say you have to go watch this show or this match? Uh, I really love Beyond. I've been trying to get into mm. their stuff because that's somewhere that I'd really love to wrestle with more often. And other than that, I've been watching a lot of, like, I'd say technical stuff. Like, I watch a lot of Jonathan Gresham because I just had a seminar with him. And I I can tell you there's m- so much tape that you can watch on IWTV with him working holds for you know, five, ten minutes. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> mm. It's just like a completely different style of wrestling from something I'm used to. So it was cool to look at and learn from it. 
Now, everybody is all jazzed up because there's, you know, a new company on the scene, AEW. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very exciting. It's giving a lot of people a lot more opportunities. Uh, Definitely. If you were to put Jade and Valo in a current top promotion storyline, mm-hmm. where would you put them and what would you be doing? I would love to wrestle Sammy Guevara for that for that TNT championship he just won. Shit, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Him and Miro had an awesome match. I I would love to work with them. Perfect. Sammy, yeah, give him the man. shot, baby. Exactly, exactly. Come on, baby. <laughs> um, no, the X division too. That would be sick. I love all the X division stuff. I've been a big fan for so many years. What is something you want to let them know about Jaden Valo that they may not know about? Jaden Valo, it's kind of like everyone's little brother. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm a little loud, and I'm kind of energetic, and I can get annoying at times. But at the end of the day, we'll have some fun. All right, buddy? Me and you, we're going to kick it back. We're going to watch some wrestling, and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Jaden Vallo is here to stay, and I will see you at the next show. <laughs> well, with that said, I mean, there's no better way to just end this right now and invite you to Mikasa one day to just watch a pay-per-view or something because oh, yeah. I would love a Jaden Vallo watch-along. Hell yeah. That'd be awesome. Jaden, it's been a pleasure talking to you, but do you mind staying just for a little bit longer for last call? Of course not. (laughs) Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you later on the show. Mark Schwann, back to you in the studio. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Good job, Green Man. Can you imagine that? Wait, 18 years old, skipping out in your graduation party? Like, that's when you know you know what you want to do with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, on to TV Takedown. Kevin, what do you got for me, man? What was, what's the moment you're looking forward to see the most this week? Ooh, I don't mean to be fucking AEW Mark over here, but AEW Full Gear. So I'm just generally sort of curious what what the go home show is going to be like. This uh, the CM Punk and uh, Eddie Kingston thing that just popped right? up. Right, that was pretty interesting. That came up there. It felt like a little out of nowhere. So John Moxley, I feel like he's turning heel, or if some feeling yes. some feel that he definitely has. Eddie Kingston seems to be going that way as well. Eddie Kingston and CM Punk feud would be amazing right now. Oh yes, and and that eventually leading to because we're gonna that'll be seems like at full gear we'll get that and then we'll get Moxley and Danielson and it seems like that the the natural transition coming out of the pay per view no matter who wins and loses those matches Kingston and Moxley versus Punk and Brian Danielson that's as good of a of a oh of God. a tag team match fire to just tune in as especially like uh, as the, the as the weather gets colder as you're as you're staying home more you're getting closer to the holidays like that that is the type of match that you come home from work you just you just uh fix yourself a hot plate and you watch those guys just like go at it uh, yeah and especially like the 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 lead up to it like the promos because all of those guys mm-hmm. can talk oh my god yeah, yeah. definitely and also it'd be it, it'll be nice to see like it feels like I appreciate that AEW has been kind of like not trying to rush punk too much. You know, they're, they're sort of like bring him along and similar to like how an NFL team, a certain NFL team will bring along like a certain uh, rookie quarterback uh, instead of just like throwing him to the wolves and throwing five interceptions in the game, which is the way to do it. So this is not an NFL podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. So we, we could debate about, 
you know, what's right and what's wrong in the NFL afterwards. CM Punk, they're doing the right thing by because the guy has been out of wrestling for years. We can debate all day long whether he is or not the best in the world, but I think in the end of the day, people can agree he's very damn good at what he does. But no matter what, being outside of the ring for that long, you can stay in shape as much as you want, but there's a difference between in shape and being in ring, in ring shape. They're bringing him along slowly. CM Punk can still go, obviously. He's, he's, he's doing a very good job. He might be slightly a shell of his former self, slightly, but that's ring rust, man. And yeah. I think he's done a damn good job. Uh, he definitely hasn't lost on the mic. He definitely, he's definitely in a better place. He's happier. I, I think he's killing it. And I think now is the time for him to get into like a real rivalry. And I think him yes. and Eddie Kingston will be fantastic. Him and Eddie Kingston, which eventually probably leads to him and Moxley, which is just like, oh, oh. right. Right. You know, and then who knows? Who knows from there? You know, Omega, Cole, the Bucks, MJF. But Punk and MJF is kind of the feud that I've been like looking forward to since since it became since like the, the real speculation in the summer started. That's the one that I was just like, that is that's going to be that's going to be the reason to tune into Dynamite every week. The promos in general, man, just the stories. It, it, it's just. There's just so much talent there in AEW. The possibilities oh, yeah. are endless. And, it, like, you know, going forward to see, I, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Is, is Moxley going to beat Orange Cassidy? Are we going to see Mox and, Dan, and Brian Danielson in the finals? Or is it going to be Brian Danielson and Orange Cassidy in the finals? Either way, I mean, that, that's going to be a sick match. Yeah, yeah. It's going to – I'm looking forward to it. A real interesting clash of styles. Also a good time – it's it, it seems like they're they're going like full steam ahead on this Moxley heel turn. And I think it's time. It's been it's been two years. I think that like you should be you should have to turn every year and a half to two years unless you're somebody that's just your character will never work as as anything other than what it's lined up as. But, I, I don't necessarily uh, yeah. think you, I don't necessarily think each character should turn every year or two because of the fact that it becomes predictable, but you should evolve ever so often. Yes. I think Moxley yes, is looking to evolve, and this will be a good way for him to go. My TV takedown, I have to say, I don't know if you watch Impact, but oh. Moose caught oh. one hell of a promo. For those that didn't see it or hear it, I'm going to read you an excerpt of it because I'm. it's my turn to edit this week, and I'm too lazy to edit this in. <laughs> <laughs> So Moose says in the promo, it doesn't matter how elite you are. It doesn't matter what tribe you're chief to. It doesn't matter if you're the boss, the man, hell, you can add a new day to the week. I'm still the greatest champion in all of professional wrestling. Boom. Boom. Shooting, brother. Shooting. Shooting. I didn't know this man had it in him. First off, props to Moose for winning the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Good for him. The Listen, Michael J. Putty's probably, this is the time where Putty's just like, oh, shit, this is a good show now. Because Putty's been saying for years how much Moose is a main eventer, how damn good this guy is. And I'm like, yeah, well, he, he's got a good size, you know, but like, you know, I, I'm not really drawn to him. He reminded me of like a, yeah, you, you just see so many of these guys with amazing physique, they're big. They can move around a little bit, but you know, they, they really don't do much. So arms folded a bit, but the dude over the last year, I would say, has been stepping up more and more and more each and every single month. And now here we are. And honestly, I felt like his promos were always kind of hit or miss. This, this is a championship promo right here. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, it's interesting. I actually debated if this would be my thing that I was looking forward to this week. Because, yeah, Impact has been, it's a shame, you know, I, I, I think that, like, the the history of Impact and TNA is full of tarnishings left and right. And I talk to people from time to time, and I'm like, yeah, like, Impact's pretty good. You should, like, check it out. And they're just like, Impact, come on, you know, come on. But it's been... Uh, I've, the I've been that way as well. Putty kept on telling me, dude, give Impact a chance, give Impact a chance. And finally, you know, you know, I have to participate in these conversations here uh, instead of trying to fake it till you make it. So <laughs> I decided to start watching Impact, and dude, it's good. 
It's really it good. They have some really good talent over there. Some of which I, I, I've worked with before in, in BCW and the Indies. And I've got to know and like, which is cool. So I'm already invested because of that. But creatively, what they do is just very different. Some of it, some of it works. Some of it doesn't. But at least I appreciate the fact that they're trying. It's interesting because the TNA and Impact, much like Ring of Honor, has has been like a like had this sort of weird underrated influence on like the business over the last like few years, especially like in WWE now. You have like a lot of guys that were on camera talent for TNA that are prominent guys in WWE. You have a lot of people who were behind the scenes people in TNA who are like high level people in WWE now. Now today, I'm I'm looking at all this stuff in in Impact and I'm like. Like, it, like we don't we don't recognize like how great impact is right now. I guess no, they're they're very right. underappreciated. Yeah, for sure. Like and, like ROH, and like their their whole thing right now, they have the best women's division in all of wrestling. Hell yes, they, thank you. They have the they have a handful of like they have all of these stars that feel like they're going to break out on a national stage, be it in WWE or in AEW. Uh, it, within the next few years, whether it's yes, guys like Moose, but the, guys the, like, the, uh, the, the beautiful thing with that though is what you're talking about is I, I think Impact is aware that you know their finances can't compete with WWE or AEW for that matter. Their TV deal kind of sucks, but they're stuck with it. But they do have that forbidden door that's open with AEW and New Japan, which does help yes. them give them some relevance there. Yeah, no, dude. Uh, the fucking Bullet Club is like a like a regular part right. of AEW. Chris Bay, uh, part not of AEW of of Impact. Uh, of Impact. Sorry, yeah, Chris Bay. Chris Bay has been like amazing. He's one of I those guys. I love like, Chris Bay. Big fan, dude. And like such like a great him like being like the American like representative of the Bullet Club is just like oh my god, it works. It it's uh I think that Impact suffers from two things, which is a their long history of befuddlement and bullshit. Um, yeah, they got the stank. They got the stank with they, their name. They do, and I think it is it is like a hard thing, you know, because they they have to basically convince people that would be inclined to watch wrestling to watch their show. And a lot of the people that I know, yeah, no, we, there's a lot of like arm twisting. Like, come on, man, give it a chance. Yes, and it's it's hard. So they're trying to get over that. It's like the and dorky think, kid trying to convince his one cool friend to play Dungeons and Dragons. It's just not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> so, but but what I'm saying is is that I feel like Impact is the equivalent of like the dorky kid in the '90s telling their friends about like Marvel comics and their. Friends oh, okay, that's a better analogy. That's a better analogy. And I think that in within a few years, like where Impact is you're going to see AEW or WWE is going to be copying a lot of that. Probably AEW. It feels like that'd be the more natural. But WWE transition. has been copying stuff. Like Impact, Putty mentions time and time again, like they were the innovators of cinematic matches. Yeah. And during the pandemic, what did WWE do? Oh yeah. And they, and that was almost like they were sort of forced to do that. in in a lot of, in a lot of senses, uh, and I feel like now, now where you have this roster full of this, again, this insanely, both in terms of like depth and also in terms of the way that they're getting used, like the best women's division in all of wrestling. Um, Agreed. They have, they have a ton of crossover and uh, deep working relationship with New Japan, even more so than what what AEW has right now. Yeah, I think they probably uh, have the, the the one American company that has the best working relationship with New Japan right now. Yeah, there are so many possibilities because of the fact that the doors are open all around here with Impact, mm -hmm. with New Japan, and just AEW by itself. You know, there's just so many toys to play with, and like you know, it's as a wrestling fan, you just have to be really giddy to play in that playground, man. Uh, because yes, it, it's just so much going on my question to you though going back with moose i had my own questions about him coming into this and and now they've they've all been answered and I, i'm on board with the ship here he talked a big game right here that kind of puts a target in his back do you think he can back it up with uh with his actions can you think he could be in the top level as a world champion with those names that he kind of loosely mentioned? absolutely there? yes and that's he's the type of guy that i could see telling my friends like hey if you're going to catch it, at least like 
watch something on YouTube and watch this fucking great promo that Moose cut or watch this like match that this dude, this dude, like he has, he can go, he can go. I don't know how, how big he is size wise. I could see him being, he's a big fucking guy. Yeah. I could see him being the type of guy that WWE would want to fucking scoop up. Yeah, but here's um, the thing, though. I, I, I've I've talked about this before, and I, and I felt when Moose's contract was up, I I felt like honestly his best bet was to stay in Impact because AEW, I felt like he would kind of get lost in shuffle. And WWE, yeah. they would destroy him. He would be yes. he would probably be the next Titus O'Neil. Like he, he yes he wouldn't they wouldn't let him do anything. He would be in a tag team right now with Apollo Cruz. Like you, you'd see him on main event, maybe a couple dark matches, and that's about it. Like, yeah. like, like, I don't even know what they would do. They would totally fuck that up. Moose, he's he looks the part, he wrestles the part, and he's talking the talk right now, too. He, I, he definitely deserves the World Heavyweight Championship for Impact. Here's see what happens with Moose and see, like, you know, what type of champion he will be. And I, I, I'm rooting for him, man. I really am. But yeah. it is that time, Kevin. We've been having a lot of fun. We could talk wrestling all day, but yes, it's time to wrap good. things up with go home thoughts. I have uh, I have some announcements to make here, Kevin. I know you've been getting involved in the indie scene yourself. You know we have, yeah, we have quite yeah. a few shows coming up. Outlaw Wrestling, for example, has been making its return. You know, Green Man and uh, Putty—they were just recently at uh, the event at Queens Brewery. They said they had a great time. But November fourth, they'll be in Bayshore, my neck of the woods, from Long Island, at the Great South Bay Brewery. I wish I still lived in Long Island, so I'd go there. That's like around the corner from my uh, from my parents' place. So that'll be fun. BCW, my home promotion, also is coming back. The announcements have been made January 21st. The first show will be Queen of the North 3. Features all the hot stars in the women's division. The best of the best. We'll have all our champions there as well. I'm excited for this one, man. Queen of the North 3, January 21st. Tickets are available now, actually. You can pre-order today, special promo code, we back, all one word, and you can get a front row ticket for general admission price. And also, that's at Richfield Park, New Jersey, Knights of Columbus over there. Ah, uh, yes, Knights of Columbus, the capital of independent wrestling in all it, of the Northeast. It, it really is. It's like the new capital over there. But I'm, I'm really I, pumped about this, man. It's, it's, BCW is a great show. I don't know if you've ever been to one yet, but I strongly recommend you do. You know, a lot of the talents that we've seen on TV have been over there. I can't tell you how many times I would look at TV and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I worked with that person. Too. I, was, I should have locked room with that person. Like, that's cool. Interviewed that person. Like, it, it's all from BCW, man. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I have not seen a BCW show yet. And uh, hopefully that'll be changing in the next 13 or 14 weeks. Come through, my man. Come through. Kevin, what about you? Ain't going with thoughts? No, just uh, as always, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Can't wait to see what's going to happen in the wrestling world through the end of 2021 and into 2022. It feels like we're in like a pretty special, like a special time. There, there were lots of times as like a wrestling fan, I was hoping I was in that moment. That was memorable, and I don't think I was. And now I think we all are. I think we're sharing like a very special oh, uh, time. Totally, totally. I mean, Putty brought up to me that didn't like really resonate with me until he said it that at Arthur Ashe Stadium, that was the very first wrestling show that was ever that ever happened there. Mm-hmm. And I was part of history by by going. I didn't even think yeah. about that. I was like, wow, like any other show that happens over there, it's like I was at the first one. And people are gonna be talking about that first one. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh yeah. shit, man, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. During a pandemic, uh, that's part of history. And it's dur- it was also like the one of like the largest shows in like the history of New York or something like that, or one oh, of the wow. largest paid shows or something. Yeah, it sounds great. By the way, I, I hope to eventually get the chance to either over Zoom or in person meet uh, Putty and the other various uh, guests and hosts of this. <laughs> you of definitely this will, program. man. You definitely will, bro. That's going to happen as time comes on. We're going to have our watch parties again. Uh, we'll have more guests on. We're going to get beginning after it again at the indie show. So, you know, uh, absolutely, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the whole gang to get back together in person. So I'm excited about that. And for everyone listening at home, thank you so much for being part of our show, being part of our journey. You can subscribe to our channels 
uh, we're all replaced as far as where you ever live. Ladies and gentlemen, at this Give time, I need to announce Let's it's know, last call at the bar. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode of The Shot of Wrestling. But just when you think you're done, they bring you back in, and we still have Jaden Vallow. Check out my website, your favorite Last call, baby. Shot of Wrestling is officially on there, by the way. So this is how it goes. I'm going to ask you some questions, and the first thing that comes out of your mind is the first thing you're going to answer. Then away we go. What is your spirit animal? Who was your mark? Kevin, where can they find up? Who has been your toughest opponent? Kevin Wood. Whether professionally or personally, name one thing on your bucket list. Ooh, I would love to wrestle at Madison Square Garden. Nice. What do you consider to be your prized possession? My health. If you can delete one video or picture from the internet, what would it be? There's this one really bad picture of me, like, getting punched in the face, and I'm making, like, this absolutely ridiculous... <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. It's just... I would like it gone. <laughs> and if you could change anything about yourself, what would it be? Um, I wish I was, like, two inches taller. <laughs> I wish I could That's be all. a little bit taller. I wish That's I all I need. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jayden. all I need. Oh, man. It was such a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Make sure you check him out at NYWC Outlaw Wrestling. You're going to be making the rounds everywhere. It was truly a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me, baby. I had so much fun. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>